الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على سيد المرسلين وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين أما بعد How to deal with sorrows How to deal with difficulties How to deal with losses and calamities uh, A lot of the way the human works in dealing with different things is that you form a perspective you look at a thing in a particular way and that will actually help us to that will affect the way you deal with something if you think something is easy then you're more likely that you're going to try to do it for example Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran that we made them look less in your eyes and we made you look larger in quantity in their eyes that obviously means that the perspective is changed now if I think that I'm against somebody that is much stronger much larger the task is much more difficult then the reaction is going to be according and if I think that something is very easy to overcome then I'm willing to become more brave and do it so that's human beings that's the way human beings are if we think something is too far we're not going to try if, if it's made out to seem closer uh, we say, okay, let's go. Have you noticed that sometimes when you're going somewhere, when you're going there, it seems to take longer than when you're coming back. The journey there seems to take longer. A lot to do, humans have a lot to do with perspective. That's why probably some of the best of those who manage their life well is those who have the best way of looking at things, who look at things very optimistically, who look at things... Uh, in, a, in a way that they can sometimes break it down So another, another strategy that they provide is that If you look at it as a big task Then it's going to seem too much But if you break it down say Okay, if I do this part first If you break it down into its constituents I need to do this, then I need to do this Then I need to buy this, then I need to bring this Then I need to add this Then suddenly it starts becoming manageable But when you look at it as a whole Oh, now how am I going to do this? So, one of the, the several things that really help in dealing with life is that when you know that somebody is assisting you. So clearly, with the, for the Muslims, for anybody who believes in Allah, the fact that you know that Allah is there to help you, He has the best niyyah for, for us, He has the best, in, uh, the, 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 the best in store for us, and... The other thing we have to know is that this world is going to inevitably have difficulties. So when we talk about marriage even, there's going to be difficulties in marriage. I doubt you'll come across anybody who's never had any small, even a small issue in marriage with their spouse. Even the Prophet ﷺ had issues with his spouses. Though there was a wonderful relationship, and the Prophet ﷺ was obviously the best of us in character, but there was an occasion where he left the wives and went and stayed in loft for approximately 29 days or so. To the extent that Umar anhu was wondering if he had divorced his wives. And likewise, once he went to Fatima radiallahu anha, his daughter's house, to look for Ali radiallahu anha, uh, anhu, his, her husband. And Fatima said, oh, they, we've just had a problem. We've had a bit of a problem and he's in the masjid. So people have problems. It's about then how you learn to deal with those problems. So if you know that you're going to have problems when you get into marriage, 
you're not going to be very surprised. You're not going to be out of water, like a fish out of water when a problem does arise, which inevitably, if you know that you're going to have with your co-workers, you could run into some complications, some challenges. They don't have to be major. As long as you know that, then it's easy. So this is what Ibn Ata'illah is saying uh, for, to make it easy for us. Uh, to basically tell us the reality of the world really. He's just explaining the reality of how things occur in this world. That's all he's saying. So he's saying, لا تستغرب وقوع الأقدار ما دمت في هذه الدار لا تستغرب وقوع الأقدار ما دمت في هذه, في هذه الدار فإنها ما أبرزت إلا ما هو مستحق إلا ما هو مستحق وصفها وواجب نعتها سيدة رجال ما أبرزت إلا ما هو مستحق وصفها وواجب نعتها This is what he says He says so long as you are in this world Be not surprised at the existence of sorrows As long as you remain in this world don't be surprised that there will be sorrows that you'll have to confront. You'll have to confront, others have to confront them. It's just the nature of this world. For truly, the world, it, the world manifests nothing but, but what is in keeping with its character or its inevitable nature. Whatever happens in the world, happens because that is the nature and the character of the world. You can't expect it to be anything else. The only thing you can probably make dua for is, Oh Allah, minimize my problems, give me afia, and allow me to deal with them. But give me afia, give me well-being. But when they come, you have to deal with it. Look at the Madani life and the Makki life of the Prophet ﷺ. The difficulties. So, the commentator of this, one of the commentators, Shaykh Abdullah Gangohi, he says, as long as you are in the world, do not be surprised at difficulties, misfortunes and sorrows. You're going to lose something. Your key may break. You may lose your keys. You may lose your bus pass. You may lose your travel card. You may lose your bank card. You may lose your wallet. I mean, if we start talking about that, you may have a leak. You may have a disease. You may have an illness. You may have relationship problems. You may not be able to get in a school you want to get into. You may not be able to, your clothing may shrink. Mundane things. Went into the wash and your cl clothing shrank. You went outside, you thought it wasn't going to rain and then suddenly it just poured down, you, you, you became soaked. And so on and so forth. But just as many of those things happen, I mean, just as so many of those things happen, there are so many positives that happen. You weren't expecting to gain something and suddenly you got something. You weren't expecting to get this particular job and you got it. You weren't expecting to get a promotion and you got it. You, didn't, you never thought that you'd be able to get married to a, such a person and you did. There are so many different things like that. That's just the nature of the world. So that's what he's saying. Oh traveler, because at the end of the day that's, that's what he calls us, we're travelers. Travelers especially to the spiritual path because those people think more. That while you are in this earthly abode, do not feel surprised, surprised if clouds of contamination settle over you. 
contamination, basically things not going the right way. When it's pure, there's nothing wrong with it. It's contaminated, life is contaminated with difficulties. An amazing and surprising event is something that is not expected to transpire. An amazing and surprising event is something that is not expected to transpire. If something has to be surprising or amazing, you're not going to expect it. Because when you expect something, it's no longer surprising or astonishing or amazing. So for example, they suggest that if you're going to give your spouse or anybody gifts, if it's something ritualistic you're giving that every week I have to get flowers, or every week I have to buy him a box of chocolates, then suddenly it becomes boring. Because there's no surprise element left. Unless you go out of your way to find new chocolates every week. Or new flowers every week. There's a surprise there. Because there's an expectation. When you have an expectation, there's no surprise in these things. So that's why gifts, a gift is made even better when there's an element of surprise with it. Oh, I get the same thing from you all the time. That's... And then somebody saying, oh, he or she brings me different things. There's a, there's, a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a thought process behind it. There's a surprise element behind it. So an amazing and surprising event is something that is not expected to transpire. Regarding the misfortunes and calamities of, the, of this world, nothing. so then he's basically, this is just building up a premise. He's, he's saying that if you're expecting something, it won't be surprising. If you're expecting something, it won't be shocking. That's what he's saying. That once you get used to expecting something, it's not going to shock you anymore. It's not going to surprise you. It should not destabilize you. So, regarding the misfortunes and calamities of this world, if you look at their essential nature, nothing surprising is happening. That's what he's trying to say by this. Because whatever's happening in this world is inevitable. So it's not surprising anymore. And think about that the next time something hits us. Allah give us afiyat. But next time anything happens that's out of the ordinary, just think of it. That's not a surprise. It's the world. It's inevitable. It'll just make it that much more easier for us to deal with. Such events are merely the natural manifestation of the attributes of the world. You're in the dunya, that's when I get, what's going to happen. Otherwise, you're looking for paradise. But as long as we're here, it's not paradise. Contamination, pollution, etc. are the natural and necessary characteristics of this world. Since Allah Most High has created it as a trial and a test to distinguish between the patient and the impatient ones. Another name for the dunya is what? The reason it's called dunya is an intuitive name in the sense that it just means closer. And akhirah means the next one. So dunya is closer to us than akhirah. That's why it's a relative term. Dunya is also the lower, lower world compared to the hereafter. But another name for the dunya is darul ibtila. Darul ibtila'in. The abode of tests. And it's also called darul asbab. The abode of means. Because things don't happen by magic here. You need means. So you need a means to be able to deal with surprising events. So that the surprise factor comes out of it. That's the means. We're, that's what we're doing right now. We're employing a means here. 
by saying that whenever something happens, slowly, slowly, first time it's still, seem, it's still going to seem like a surprise, but every time that happens and we make our approach and our reaction to it that, oh, that's not a surprise, it's just the dunya, you'll soon get used to that. Nothing will surprise you anymore. For example, when we're dealing with a lot of people's issues, we pre pretty much heard of everything, generally. So nothing generally surprises us anymore. But to be honest, sometimes, once in a while, something comes up. So recently somebody called me a few weeks ago, and he said, oh, I've got an issue with this, that, and the other, a husband and wife issue. And I was like, okay, I probably heard it. I didn't say that, I didn't obviously say that, but you know, generally that's the, you've generally heard it. It's generically something or the other. He says, get ready for it. So I was about to say, and I don't know if I, I don't know even if I said I can't remember if I actually said that, but I was about to say I've probably heard it before. It's probably not going to surprise me. I'm not sure if I said that or not. And then what he actually told me was a level higher than what I'd heard before, so it was a bit surprising, right? Shocking, rather, you know, that somebody can stoop so low. We don't want to become desensitized, of course. But at the end of the day, this is a coping mechanism. And it's so important, the coping mechanism, as we'll see from the, the rest of it, is that that's what Allah wants us to do, that if you freak out and you don't know what to do in that situation, He's not saying that you must, make, you must just know it's coming and then just not do anything about it. No, we're supposed to do something about it. But what we're supposed to do is sabr and patience. Not freak out. And then two, three days later when we've, can't do anything, can't get anywhere. They says, oh, I should be with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That sabr aspect should kick in right from the beginning. And I guess the way to do that is when something, inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi You re immediately remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So that's why he's saying that these are, this world is a trial, a test to distinguish between the patient and the impatient one and between the grateful and the ungrateful one. So our job then is that, you know, we, we have two different types of tasks in the world. Some are what you call ikhtiyari, they're optional, right? Pray. You don't pray by default. You, we're not praying by default. So pray. Avoid, avoid zina, avoid stealing. So again, if we don't do anything wrong, we're, we're by default not, not committing fornication or not stealing. So our job when it comes to optional acts is to do as much as possible of what we've been commanded and stay away from as much as we've been prohibited from. That's essentially what our job is. However, there are other cases in which there's no option for us. We get thrown into something or something gets thrown to us, onto us. A difficulty, a challenge. There Allah just... There, there what Allah wants from us is that there, there we're stuck, right? Allah wants us to basically do the best thing in that situation, which is to be patient, put your trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and do the right thing. That's our responsibility. So we can't control everything in our life. But we've been told what to do, that if you have an option, then you know what to do. And if you don't have an option, meaning if it's thrown at you and you've been forced into a situation, you're still being told what to do. So Allah has guided us. There's nothing that we should, there's basically nothing that we, uh, we need to seek from outside. It's all there.